you know, these are going to be the important metrics within our marketing team. And these are even going to be the important metrics for the different people in our marketing team. And within our finance team, these are going to be the important metrics. And, and within our, you know, whatever operations team, these are going to be the important metrics. So I think that's like really knowing your numbers. Everyone says like, know your numbers. That's what we're trying to get into here is like, which numbers, which ones are the important ones to know? Um, and it kind of depends on who you are and what kind of brand you have. What is up, Modern Commerce listeners? I want to show you an amazing app we've been using called Triple Whale. You can check it out. Try triplewhale.com. It has all of the business health metrics and growth metrics you could possibly need all in one place, right? So everybody can get on the same page. This has revolutionized our ability to help grow brands and collaborate with brands. Everyone can get on the same page on the most important metrics. So if you're a media buyer, you can come into this and you can just use this little pin icon right here. And you can pin to the top the most important stuff to you. So if I'm a media buyer, I might have ROAS, I might, I might have ad spend, I might have new customer ROAS, right? But if I'm an owner, maybe those things aren't as important to me. Maybe I just want, you know, net profit, show me the net profit, show me the sales, right? Show me the number of orders. Um, so everyone on the team can get in line, get, you know, on the same page of what the most important growth metrics are, because it's different for every brand. Um, so grab Triple Whale at trytriplewhale.com. Use it. I promise you it will make your growth path far more clear. And uh, enjoy this episode of Modern Commerce. Hey, Modern Commerce. Welcome back. You're here with Casey and John. We've got another episode for you today. Today, we're going to be talking about the five e-commerce metrics that you should be watching, but probably aren't. John, these are just like things you totally made up and concocted in your mad scientist laboratory, right? Yeah, nobody's ever heard of any single one of these. I, really, actually what I do is I just like put combinations of three letters together. That's actually what all marketing is. Marketing, when we have marketing meetings, we just like, hey, FLT, FLT isn't a thing, right? Like, let's make that a thing. I legitimately think that some people judge how good of marketers others are by how many three-letter like acronyms they know. Acronyms, yes. Uh, no, these are not things that I made up. I am, you know, like much smarter, uh, wiser minds have uh, have come to these, you know, uh, key metrics in e-commerce. And um, yeah, we use Triple Whale to track them because Triple Whale is, you know, obviously they're a sponsor of the show, you know that, but uh, they actually, we're going to sort of show how we use it a little bit here. I go into it like right in our spot sort of at the beginning, but we're going to show how we use it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Smarter yeah. people came up with these maybe, but we're just smart enough to use them. <laughs> right. Yeah. And some of these, uh, you know, maybe we didn't like, maybe weren't super on our radar before we, uh, uh, before we kind of learned about them via triple whale. So first up is this one. Uh, it's, it's, it's expressed in triple whale as ROAS, just uh, overall ROAS. Um, and I'm going to go to a wider view here and go last 30. It's ex expressed in triple whale as ROAS. I call it MER. Uh, triple whale says MER and it expresses this in this percentage, but essentially it's ev how many dollars you are making in revenue per dollar you're spending on ads, high level, revenue over ad spend. So you can see a little blended ROAS is total sales divided by total ad spend or MER is the percentage of revenue that is spent on ads. Um, and yeah, like, so this is, I mean, I didn't, this is a new one. This isn't like that hidden, um, but I think it really kind of came onto people's radar really in the last year or two, like when we started losing tracking on, on, our, on our ad platforms, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think this is like a nice like bridge into this. I think you got more like curveballs coming, uh, but this one's like 
like you said, more people are aware of this now. Um, I just like to point out we were on a client call today and, and, and the client actually like pronounced the acronym and called it MER and, and I was into it. I liked it. Like, and then he had me on board with that. Like I was going back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like I said, I, I'm, I'm kind of like our resident, like, man, I feel like people are trying to bog us down with all these like three letter things. And I'm just like, you know, the more we pronounce them, the way more I can get into them. That's cool. So yeah. go MER. Yeah. The MER. Yeah. Get that MER. Usually, uh, usually for brands. I mean, this is complete sweeping generality, but if, if it's, if you don't have a North star, or you're trying to figure out what your North Star is, MER or MER, not a bad place to start. Definitely, yes, absolutely, definitely not a bad place to start. It's like a good snapshot of your cash situation, really. Um, or or your cash situation, it, like, you know, maybe not, maybe you have a big invoice coming up or whatever, like a cash flow statement's better, but, but like a good, like as of what's happening today in my sales and my, and my spend, because those are a lot of times like the revenues and this costs that go out right away, right? Like I'm spending on ads, like my ad platforms a lot of times are gonna bill me like kind of right now. And those sales, you know, Stripe or my payment gateway, they're gonna kick me those sales in sometime in the next two days. So it's like a really good, here's what like my, you know, my incoming and outgoing like right now, right? Yep. And if you're a brand that, you know, you're like a bigger brand or a more veteran marketer and you're like, I've been watching MER for years, guys. Like this episode's not for me. We'll just, Hold on, hold on, it. Sally. I don't know Come why on. your name is Sally, but hold on. You might, you might be Sally. I don't know. And yeah, maybe it is. Somebody might be Sally watching this. That'd be cool. For sure, there's Sallys out there. Well, that's that's inarguable, really. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, but there is stuff coming that is probably pretty helpful for you. So, John, yep. you got the next one ready to go here? I do. So next up, we're I'm bouncing around on a few different brands here. So this is. Um, next up, we have this is like a this is a low key one. This is much more low key. And it's this brand, it's this one right here. It's POAS. So I'm going to hover over it. It is profit is gross profit divided by total ad spend. So this is, uh, if you have your costs loaded into Shopify, this is, this stores on Shopify. Um, if you have your costs loaded into Shopify, or if you have your costs, like your cost of goods sold, um, the cost of your products loaded in to triple whale, this is, you know, your, your profit, you know, so revenue minus cost of goods sold over ad spend. So you're making $2 and so this brand's making $2.16 in profit after their cost of goods sold for every dollar they're spending on ads. And this is, uh, this is a good one too. It's more low key and not a lot of people watch it, but it's like a great indicator of like, uh, this is a, a couple, there's a couple kind of good ones today that I'm going to use is, this is a great indicator of like, um, yeah, I mean, like back in the day, we used to just like every day be filling out these spreadsheet lines to figure out like how much profit did we make today, which is, you know, uh, that's another one like net profit, right? It's down down here somewhere, net sales. Um, no, that's net sales. But net profit's another one you could watch. But profit on ad spend is a really good one because it's like how much profit did we make today compared to how much ad spend? Now, you know, do you always want it to be 216? Maybe, maybe not. That's that's a very good, very high POAS, you know, maybe not as aggressive growth as some, but um, yeah, no, like some, some kind of one of my favorite indicators of like how much we can really be, um, be scaling. Yeah. You know, I wonder something here and this is kind of out of left field. I don't know how but you're the guy I'd ask this about. We just did an episode not too long ago about, uh, which one's better, like venture backed or, or bootstrapped. And if, hey, if you want to watch that episode, it's with a great guest, Rob Rayhill. Go ahead and hit the card. I'm definitely going to put one up here for that. Um, and John, I wonder what you would say, is this maybe extra helpful or is it not as helpful uh, to brands that like aren't profitable yet? Is that 
Is I that even like relevant to them? Like, is Poaz negative? Right. Yeah. I put Poaz will be low, right? Like it will be, uh, you know, below one. Um, so it's not negative uh, because, because it's, right. it's a function of if I sell a hundred dollar product and that product costs me, you know, $50 um, and I sold, you know, uh, let's say I sold 10 of them today. So I have $500 in, in gross profit and I spent $500 on ads, then my POAS will be one, right? And, and essentially it's like, I broke even today. That's what I did, right? Like right. all said and done, I broke even today. Um, but yeah, the, the venture backed, yeah, I mean, they're going to have a POAS sometimes very low. It's, it's illuminating, you know? Right. Um, they're typically looking at different key metrics. Other ones that will actually kind of go over that, not bad key metrics, but different ones. Sweet. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Can't wait to see what you got cooked up. For. Yeah. So next up is one of those metrics that they would look at. And one that I would definitely recommend looking at too. not going crazy. So we went to one that's like pretty universal one. That's a little bit more low key. Maybe a lot of people don't track. Now we're going back to another one that's relatively universal, but I want to make some key points on it. Um, and so this one is just flipping stores here. Sorry. I'm supposed to do this while you were talking. That's a it's little okay, bit man. of insight to how we roll. Um, <laughs> We're a very uh, highly scripted program here for yeah. anybody who's never watched this before. This is how every episode goes. Actually, we're, we're not highly scripted. We, yes. So I, I'm always like, hey, uh, yep, I didn't do that. So give me a second. Um, okay. So next one is, yeah, it's nothing crazy. Um, some people call it CAC. So C-A-C, cost of acquisition of a customer. Um, I kind of like it, you know, uh, I, I kind of like this version of it, NCPA. So new customer, you know, new, new cost per acquisition, new customer cost per acquisition. So new customer cost per acquisition. Um, and what this is, is total blended, right? So people have a tendency to go into like Facebook and look at cost per purchase or go into Google and look at cost per purchase and call that their CPA, uh, which I suppose is fine. Um, but to actually, you know, define, hey, no, NCPA or CAC, like what is our total right here? total uh, new customers divided by total ad spend. Um, that's really important to track. Now it's, it is a metric that requires other metrics to, you know, for you to know like how important it is, right? Like what, what should it be? I don't know. I can't tell you that, um, but, but it requires some other metrics. So uh, it could require, you know, AOV if, you, if you're sort of like a single SKU brand or if your LTVs aren't very, lifetime values aren't very high, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. It could require this kind of average order value, right? So, hey, it costs us $79 to acquire a new customer and the average person spends $41 in our store. That's pretty profitable. That's good. Um, but another one that, you know, under that heading of NCPA that I think is also very valuable is this NC ROAS. So this is, you know, our, our ROAS. So this is our overall ROAS or our MER. But this is, you know, and I hit that at the beginning, right? So this is every revenue dollar for every dollar we've spent on ads in this period. You know, $10.91 in revenue for every dollar we spent on ads um, in this period. This one is $4.63 in revenue from new customers for every dollar we've spent on ads in this period. So again, a really good signal of like, hey, I have space to scale and, and get no more new customers in the door. Um, so this is kind of like NCPA, NC ROAS, I'm sort of lumping them under the same sort of CAC or, or, or NCPA umbrella of, of being a, a, an important metric to watch. And a um, little bit of content, like, the, you know, some of that has to do with our next ones too. But Casey, we'll stop, I'll stop talking there for a second because uh, 
yeah, you know, I, I've been talking for a minute, so I'm going to let you get in here. Yeah, I mean, I, I know where you're going already because we are not not scripted. We're yeah, lightly we, scripted. We're uh, so, so I know where you're going. But even if I didn't, um, I work with you. I've worked with you long enough to where I know where you're going anyway. <laughs> you bring up CAC. I mean, it really does go hand in hand with uh, another particular metric uh, that you're getting to. I know that. Um, but yeah, to that, like, I, th I think it's just really important to know that, like, to know that you're, you're in your mind, even not even on a dashboard, that you're framing these particular metrics that are just nuanced enough. Like they should be nuanced in your brain too. You know, it's great to have a dashboard, but like, if you're not thinking about stuff the right way, like you said, some, some brands look at the like cost per purchase in Facebook and they go, that's the CAC, right? Like, and mm -hmm. it's just, even if you don't have a dashboard accounting for all this, you need to know the difference in your brain first and foremost, I think. Right. Yeah. So, um, and I'm going to, uh, just make sure that I've got, sorry, I got, I ended up getting a weird view here, you know? So again, just, uh, stalling for a second while I, I, I get this laid out how I want, uh, to illustrate my, my next metric. Um, but yeah, to be, to, to be framing it in your brain, like you said, and, and ultimately it's like, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of like that office quote. Uh, or not quote, but like that exchange when like Michael finds out Ryan's in business school and he's like, ask me a business question. And do you remember what he asks? He says like, is it, oh, he's like, he, he's like, is it, like, this is funny. This cause it's like one of my favorite. Um, is it more expensive to sell something to a new customer or a previous customer? And Michael's like, like he like, doesn't even, of course, Michael has no answer for this. Right. right? right, right. And Ryan's like, it's five times more expensive to sell something to a new customer. And that's like, researched over over years and that was i mean probably 2001 right but I, I would say it's still relatively true right like we see this across many brands mm -hmm. yeah i mean sweeping generalization right like not true to everybody but but definitely yeah i mean uh, a nice thing to have in your head as as a nice like general benchmark i guess because uh, definitely the principle is true i mean if you don't if you can't more effectively sell to people who have already bought some of your products before you need to probably really look into like the quality of your products and like the customer service experience that you're really putting out there. Cause if people are like, I absolutely will not come back again. You got bigger problems than like metrics you're watching in a dashboard. Probably. You could be, you could be a certain kind of brand, you know, if you only sell. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If, you, if but, you're selling, but, if you're selling coffins, I mean, hopefully you're right. not, hopefully. hopefully families aren't buying coffins. I'll like buy two, get one free. Yeah, I mean, look, if, if you sell, if you're Yeti and you sell microphones, your LTV might not be crazy high or it might be take a long time for somebody to come back. But um, but yeah, no, I mean, if, if you have other stuff to buy and right, exactly. Uh, product quality is not something we get into a lot on the show or, or like customer experience is not something we get into a lot on the show. But honestly, we should probably have a guest on it because that's that's probably the main driver of this next metric, which is now that it's loaded, dun, 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 uh, uh, is LTV or lifetime value of a customer. So um, I actually love the layout of this, right? Um, it is, am I on the right screen? You can see this, yep. Yep, yep. Um, so I love the layout of this. So we've got, just moving my own face around here on my screen. Um, NCPA, which we just talked about over here on the left, like new customer cost per acquisition, average first order value. And this is, they lay it out by month, by cohort, right? So I could go back even further, but I'm back one year right now. Um, so first order value, but then we have, you know, month one value, month zero is by the end of that first month, but month one value, month two value, month three, month four, and then we have it all aggregated 
um, into averages down here. So the way I like to look at this is, you know, what is my typical NCPA over this period? And then what's my first order value? That's, that's all good to know. 90 days or month three and month six. I like kind of see those as key moments um, because oftentimes like, you know, already on my first order value on this store, you can see, hey, you know, like uh, maybe, maybe we need uh, maybe we don't have very good margins and we need, need to make $10 for every dollar, you know, now let's say $5 for every dollar we spend on ads. You know, this $45 first order value, that's kind of not working with our February and January NCPAs, right? Because we're a little bit under. But if we're buying against the month three value, it is working. And if we're buying against the month six value, we're, we're definitely profitable. And then, you know, we're even more profitable on from there, right? So uh, CPA versus LTV. And, and this isn't, you know, I'm not like, you know, I'm not burning down any like new ideas here. This is something that a lot of people know and have talked about, um, but just, you know, it, it's, it's, it is shocking the number of brands that are actually relatively far along their growth journey that like, don't really have a good handle on what their lifetime values are. Yeah. And I know we kind of, I, I don't want to speak out of both sides of our mouth, but sometimes if you have like just a slam dunk product. I think sometimes you could almost fall victim to like looking at an oversimplified view of things uh, because, you, you know, you're just, it's, it's not a matter of whether or not you're profitable. It's a matter of how profitable are you? So you're not looking necessarily at these like finer metrics. So right. for people who really, you know, I, I don't want to say like if you're hurting or, but like, you know, if, if every little bit matters to you, which I mean, I think at a certain level of growth, that's when every little bit especially matters because it's all about scale, right? Like, right. so that's yeah. when you really need to be dissecting these metrics into these like a little bit finer points, like, you know, not just, you know, not just value of the first time buy, but value over a lifetime, value over different amounts of time even. You know, I heard somebody say the other day at, you know, at scale business is just a game of finance and it, it's so true. So um, this is another really cool little like breakdown or way to cut your data. Um, so, so I'm just going to show you something here. So like, look at this here for, so this is across our whole store. First order value, 4521, um, three months, 5562, month six, 6172. That's all good. I'm actually going to break this out into a percentage here. So we can see at month three, we've got uh, a lift of 118%. So on, on average by month three, our, our average value of a customer is 118% higher. Um, so let's just focus in on that. Just easy to remember, right? So, um, just to recap, here's the numbers to remember before I switch my screen. First order value, 4521, uh, month three lift, 118%. Now I'm going to, this is another little way to like, kind of give yourself some growth breakthroughs, um, and figure out, Hey, where could I actually more efficiently spend my dollars instead of just trying to optimize on ad platforms all the time? Um, you can do these segments, right? So, um, I, maybe I just want to say, okay, well, what about people who just came, come in on this, this product of this shampoo, the clean tea tree shampoo, right? So I'm going to apply that. Um, cohort data takes a minute to load. So you got to be a little bit patient with it because it's pulling a lot of customers data over, over a long period Spo of time. Spoiler alert though. This, this is cool. This shit's cool. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I, I was showing Casey this before and he was like, I mean, I think I've gone over it before, but it's still like, yeah. So here we go. We're, we're on clean tea tree shampoo, right? Um, I'm going to switch this back to the LTV model so we can see the numbers. So first order value, do you remember what it was before Casey? Uh, 44 something, 45 yeah. something. 45 something. So yep. first order value much higher here, 7062. Uh, month three value, 9089. Ooh, that's nice. What does that look like in a percentage? 126%. Do you remember what this was before? 
Yeah, it wasn't that high. I know that. It yeah, it was 118. Yep. So this is like, okay, this product, it has a higher first order value and it has a better LTV lift. And if we were paying attention on the back end here, it actually keeps lifting much better. So it has a better like LTV growth curve, right? right? right. So, so acquiring a customer on this product is like a lot more valuable than in, acquiring. In, in two ways. That I mean, it's... Right, yeah, a lot more valuable immediately and in the long term like for your future growth of your future business next year next year's business um so this is the little hack here you see ncpa went away here the reason ncpa went away is because it, we we no longer know well how much of our ad spend was dedicated to this product so i loved uh, this is this is one of my like when I audit new brands, one of my favorite things I go into is I find their best acquisition products from a first order and LTV lift, like kind of combination. So with this, this brand, this one is one of the best products. And then I go across the ad platforms and I look at how much did we spend in March, 2021? And then I switch to this view here yeah. and I see, okay, we had 172 people who made their first order with this product in March, uh, 2021. How much did we spend? Once I know that spend, I know that I know the customer, I know the NCPA. So spend divided by spend on that product that I found via my ad platforms divided by the number of customers. So over to, I can, I can actually figure out what is my CPA on this product, right? So in finding my best acquisition products on a value standpoint, and then going and finding, okay, which ones of those have the best CPAs to go with that acquisition value? Then it's like, okay, why? Like, let's focus our acquisition spend, our paid dollars to acquire new customers on these products and that will both grow our business now because we'll we'll acquire more efficiently we'll acquire customers more efficiently and more profitably and they will be more profitable long term it'll grow our business long term too so it's like it's kind of a, a four point play if you will right right exactly i'm glad you like it score yeah i'm glad you you put it into that perspective and um yeah how in your experience how often is that is there a double win available for brands oh. who who haven't been looking at this? Because even a single win, if it's a big, you know, it could still be insightful to find out. Like, oh, I had no idea our LTV on this product is so high. Even if the first purchase is high, you still might want to lean towards that. But that double yeah. win is, I mean, that's sexy. How often do you think that happens? Yeah, yeah. So, um, especially with brands that have, uh, let's say, over like twenty. Uh, products 20 like legitimate acquisition products if they've got like look you know what like we can only really acquire on these three products uh, a lot of times they've got the economics of those products worked out pretty well right um if they're advanced i mean often is a weird term because like that all that also has to do with what kind of brands that i work and with. how many brands we yeah and how many brands we work with and stuff like that right so um, you know, if they're along a certain growth path, you know, if they're $10 million, but this isn't something you've seen once is what I'm getting at. Oh no. Yeah. It, it happens quite often, like very, very regularly. Um, and, and especially if there are quite a few products. I, I want to make one more point too. I think it's really easy, especially as we get more analytical, essentially this whole show is about analytics, right? As we right. get more and more analytical, we kind of forget the human element about people. And I think it's worth mentioning that it's, it's reasonable to assume that in this like A universe versus B universe where we acquired said person on one product versus another, this could be the same person even becomes more valuable over a lifetime, not just initially because they had a certain, back to that customer experience, right. your experience in getting a certain product first might change it completely. It might be, you know, I just switched like soap brands, you know, and I actually, I bought a first bundle and it just happened to be, 
I, I thought I would like those those I almost said flavors. They're not flavors of soap. Uh, scents, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I actually didn't like them a lot. And just because of the business we're in, I chose not to like punish that brand and be like, I'm never buying from them again. I'm like, no, I made a bad choice of which bundle I bought first. I'm gonna give yeah. them another shot. But I think a lot of people well, would just be customers. like, I'm done with that brand now. Right. And had they picked a different uh, package that they would have liked, but a different bundle, then their LTV is higher. So I think this is this speaks directly to that. It's a great point because uh, think about if you're, uh, you know, any kind of personal care, fragrances, scents, uh, uh, food and beverage, you know, uh, food and beverages is huge. And, and we see big, big, big discrepancies. Apparel. Um, you know, I've bought some, I've bought plenty of apparel, right. And, and sometimes that first purchase is like, this is really nice. And you, I'm going to buy something for at some point I'm going to buy something from this brand again, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and sometimes it's like, oh, I'm immediately going to go buy five more of these. Cause I love it. Right. Um, and sometimes it's like, I don't know, I don't really love it. You know, I don't hate it, but I don't love it. Um, right. And so it's like that first product experience, like if you want to break down, like objectively not just your assumptions and your feedback from customers that's all important that's fine but you want to break down objectively like what products when we put them in a new person's hand is giving them the best experience this is a great way to do it um some of it is practical too so that brand that we just looked at for example um they sell like soap shampoos they sell fragrances they sell um like hair products stuff like that I mean, it, it's very practical that something like a shampoo, what we looked at there, is going to have a higher and faster LTV than a fragrance because you ran up, you run out of it quicker, you know. So uh, there, there's some practicality to it, and sometimes you'll just know, like logically, that makes sense. Um, but but you'll also be surprised sometimes. And then looking within product categories, it's like, well, we have five shampoos. This one creates more valuable customers, um, which you could restate to say this one is more valuable to our customers. This is what creating more valuable in customers' lives. I, I love how you said that because a lot of brands deal with subjectivity of like, you know, like you said, like when you're buying clothing, it's subjective which pattern somebody would like better than another pattern. But yeah. you're bringing some objective analysis to the subjective nature of that decision. And uh, and I'll, I, you might not say it, but I'll be willing to say it because I don't mind being wrong too. I'll just, it, I think sometimes owner operators especially can be a little bit too uh quick to the trigger to like change their mindset about something because of like a very small amount of feedback that in a large right. scheme of things doesn't mean anything and we see that even in like you know it might be in a slack thread where somebody goes we're getting a ton of negative feedback on this thing guys we got to change this and then we go look for ourselves and there's one like semi not like super flattering comment on the ad or something and, and you're like really in your mind you saw that is like we've got to stop everything like so this can kind of help you see the forest through the trees. Yeah. Well, I mean, th think about it like this, right? Like um, if you were to ask most owner operators, like what, what's your hero product? What, how would they probably. They're probably going whatever makes the most revenue. Yep. Yeah. These ones are most popular. Um, but that like what's most popular could be driven by other things, right? Like it could be driven by really what gets advertised the most or what yep. gets the most eyeballs. And, and, you know, maybe that's because it gets the best returns or whatever. Um, but maybe you have another product that actually gives it customers like a better first experience. And, you know, if you actually look at the data on it, it's more of a hero product over three months or six months than your most popular product. Right. And, and if that's the case, then like probably giving that a little more attention on the advertising side, like putting some more time into developing creative for that product, putting some more time into seeding it to some influencers, stuff like that, 
could really like create that step growth in your in your brand and your business that a lot of brands are like looking for right like a lot of brands are not looking for like i want to be on my growth track that i'm on now they're like how do i get that like step that bump right and that, that's the kind of stuff that does it yeah and you know we use the phrase like none of them are your babies like right like you got to treat all the products like they're they're equals like not right. one of them should be more important to you because you know if if, if you're a soap company because you use a certain uh, scent of soap doesn't mean you have to market it as your number one best soap that might not be true that might just be your number one personal best soap right not the brands yeah or another way that they would do it is maybe by reviews but again there's some misleading things there like there's certain yeah. products that people are more apt to review than other products or even yeah. if you look at like a you know that's one of the things wrong with like a rating system is one zero star review drastically alters like the, the something average, that has less volume of reviews yeah the average is not the mode right that's where like the analysis there would be different so anyway yeah. we're getting a little in the weeds there getting a little this. mathy yeah. getting into some math anyway. um Kyrie's would be proud oh little high school reference we should start um, jumping around or something yeah so okay last one we're, we're to the last one now last one's a nice simple one let good media buyer metric uh it is rps or as the affiliates say EPC. EPC. Yeah. Yeah. Your epics. Um, so RPS is a hover over it. Revenue per session is sales divided by session. So it's the amount of dollars you make per session or per click per person on your website. So this brand makes for every person who visits their website, they make $5 and 60 cents. Um, there are two reasons this is important. One, because at the end of the day, media buying, like if we're really getting simple about it, media buying a lot of the times, especially on an offer, right? Like where it's like, we got to make, you know, we got to make good returns on that first purchase. Um, media buying is about CPCs and EPCs, you know, CPCs and RPS. How much does a click cost? How much is a click worth? Yeah. Um, just, just because I don't know if you've yeah. said it completely. RPS is EPC. Yeah, yeah. You did say it at the beginning, but just to reiterate it, same thing. Yeah, yeah. RPS, EPC. If you're an affiliate, you'll have known this as EPC, but the e-commerce folks call it RPS if they never had an affiliate background. Um, the other reason I like RPS, and, and I actually, like, if we're getting deep, like if we're putting on our scuba, deep, scuba gear here, um, even looking at RPS by like page or by like optimizations that you're making, right? So we're testing a new offer, you know, we're testing a new bundle, we're testing a new landing page, we're testing new pricing. Um, looking at RPS on that test is the right move, right? The wrong move yeah. is looking at conversion rate or average order value. Yeah, I, I was hoping you would bring something. I, I, I was wondering if you'd bring this up because that's what I was going to say is you're calling it this media buyers metric. Um, I actually like it because it's it, that's true, but it's also not just a media buyers metric. I think uh, a lot of this is kind of how you, the language you use, right? Like we kind of see uh, landing pages being within the media buyer's realm of right. control. But I don't right. think that's that's universally true. I think a lot of people, the media buyers like, they, they maybe not say this, but like in a way it's like, shut up and run the ads, you know, like, and, and there's somebody who kind of like, a, whether it's a developer or a branding person who, you know, the, the pages need to look a certain way, things like that. You can still, with that mindset, not be running ads and still try to optimize for RPS there. Right. It's still, it's still a good North Star for that person as opposed to certain other metrics, like you're saying. Yep. They can be kind of seem like the right thing, but probably not. 
Right. So, um, yeah, like for example, you know, I think that a lot of times, uh, uh, an optimizer, a CRO person, a conversion rate optimization person, uh, will make a change or make, you know, do something. Um, and, and most people who are like professional conversion rate optimization, people know about EPCs or, or RPSs. Um, but you know, they make a change and they'll be like, well, we lifted conversion rate by 30%. Yeah. Great. But you know, if you dropped AOV by 50, if you dropped your average order value by 50%, you actually make less money per click then. Right. And this is actually uh, a great metric to go over last because it kind of encapsulates all the other ones we talk about. Right. Because, you know, if you're not looking at po like maybe they, maybe this is as simple as reordering products on a collection page or something. And, you know, if you're not also watching, this kind of helps you uh, keep POAS in mind, I guess. Right. Uh, for like, if you just put the the product that maybe converts the best, but you make the least amount of profit at the top of a page, isn't yep. that really the best thing overall? No, you, you this kind of helps you keep you can... that POAS in mind using RPS. Same thing with, uh, you know, if you're using tripwire products kind of that, that are yeah. highly convertible, that Absolutely. might look great. But if that tripwire product never really leads to like a higher LTV, because coming back to like product value or, or customer experience, if that product isn't actually a good tripwire product, it's just easy to like sell people on. Yeah. Then that's not helping you either. RPS would help you avoid that mistake. Right. Yeah. I mean, and you could break it even down further and go PPS, right. Profit per session. Um, that might be difficult to break down on a page by page basis and still be nimble in your testing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's great. Like, you know, if you're, you're typically trying to maintain a certain profit margin, um, you know, so RPS gives you a good, like high level signal of like, how profitable is this change or this offer, this change to this landing page, you know, whatever it is, this change to pricing. And, and we're marketers, right? So the name of this episode itself is a little bit markety, even though I don't know if that's a word. I think a new marketing. girl, they use the do marketing. Yeah, um, we'll go with that. Sure. Uh, but I don't think that our, our intent here is to be like, no matter who you are, you need to start factoring in all five of these metrics. I think for most brands, though, there's probably one, hopefully one, that jumps out, whether you're monitoring it or not. I can't imagine a brand where one of these shouldn't really be on their radar. Right. And that's actually what I'm doing here. Like, so, so actually RPS, if, if you're, you know, really focused on CAC and CAC and LTV ratio, you might not be so focused on RPS actually. Right. Like, I mean, whoever's optimizing your landing pages and stuff like that, they might be, but, um, but it's more, they're more just focused on like, did this lower the CAC? Right. Like did right. this and sorry, NCPA, let me, I switch between I switch between acronyms and I shouldn't do. Well, that. it's the same way how we we say ROAS, but we might mean MER nowadays. Because how often are we actually talking about ROAS in ad accounts with, right. without an ad account open? We're always we're always qualifying it by saying the platform ROAS or the Facebook reported ROAS. Um, yeah. So so uh, yeah, if, if you're really focused on CAC to LTV ratio, there's a good chance you're actually not that focused on RPS because you have a brand that is more LTV focused, right? So maybe you have a food and beverage brand or you have a niche-based brand like a pet brand or a baby brand or a survival brand or something like that. Whereas if you have more of like what we might call like an offer, quote unquote, right? Maybe you sell Yeti microphones or maybe you sell, um, you know, across that game or, you know, or something like that. Like cornhole, maybe you sell a cornhole set. Um, That's a bad example, John, because I'm, I'm, I buy cornhole sets by like the sixes i got like full fledged <laughs> tournaments going on in my backyard right yeah yeah okay so maybe yes. some people are high ltv but but like maybe you sell something that like by nature like you know all this all this advice everybody gives to like erase your ltv it's just not that practical to you 
Um, and you know, what probably is practical to use is diversifying and going and selling in retail and diversifying your sales distribution channels. Um, then L RPS is, is what you're going to focus on more on the, on the DTC side, right? How much does it, you're going to how much do my clicks cost and how much are they worth? Right? So yeah, you're, it's a good point, right? Or POAS, you might be really focused on POAS. So it's a good point. Like, you know, not all of these are relevant to everybody, but if you think, watch this, think about your brand and think about like, yeah, if, you, if you're watching that LTV stuff and you're like, oh, that's really interesting. I want to know that. CAC, LTV, those are probably the important metrics to you. If you looked at it and you're like, hey, RPS, yeah, I didn't, or POAS, like that's a really cool little hidden metric. Yeah, you're probably more of like, you know, RPS, POAS, those are probably the combos. MER, it's, it's pretty valuable to everybody. And not for nothing, if you're one of those people who just likes to impress all these like abbreviated, like, uh, you know, uh, acronyms, like here's here's a few more for you. So, it's got a bunch of them. Yeah. yeah, you got you got some some nice ones. So you got you refilled the arsenal. Uh, man, this this is this is a pretty uh, fully packed episode. I would say I think there's a lot of stuff here that's pretty. And I, I, I John, you you're the marketing mind man. I think a lot of people might need a second watch through this one. Even like especially after if you do take our advice and start looking at some of these, even just one new metric. Come back a week later after you start like kind of thinking around that, watch it again. And I think a lot of the examples and the, the commentary around some of these metrics will start to make more sense. And there's probably a little bit more meat left on that bone to get as far as like learning. Uh, but John, hey, it's that time again. We got this, this, this thing we got to do. Call it the parting shot on this show if you're new. We do one of these every episode. If you don't trust me, go back and watch whatever episode I decide to put up here right now. <laughs> it's probably The Price is Right. It might be the prices, right? Yeah. I mean, I get excited. It's his favorite episode. I get excited. Uh, we've done two of them now. There's no way we're done. I'll put it yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, but John, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, that's a good way to put it. So uh, this, yeah. this is John's parting shot. John, part, take it away. My parting shot. Ready, set, go. Um, okay, yeah. So, so I think that I kind of said it earlier, like at scale, as you grow, like business is just, it's a game of finance, right? And um yeah, we've said a lot, like knowing your strengths and weaknesses of brand and stuff like that, but like knowing your financials and like what metrics are important to you um, as a founder, owner, operator is very important. And then like from there, you kind of create these trees, right? Of like, well, if these are the like, those are the main North Star metrics, then we know that like, hey, our marketing team, you know, these are going to be the important metrics within our marketing team. And these are even going to be the important metrics for the different people in our marketing team. And within our finance team, these are going to be the important metrics. And, and within our, you know, whatever operations team, these are going to be the important metrics. So I think that's like really knowing your numbers. Everyone says like, know your numbers. That's what we're trying to get into here is like, which numbers, which ones are the important ones to know? Um, and it kind of depends on who you are and what kind of brand you have. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, like kind of, but giving yourself the opportunity to look at a lot of different like metrics numbers to determine, Hey, like these ones are really correlative to success for me. That's, that's pretty key to continuing to grow your business and not putting yourself in a really, really bad cash situation that you did not expect. Couldn't have said it better myself. If also, if you know somebody else who might benefit from this, share this with them. Um, and as always, thank you for joining us, Modern Commerce. John, thank you for joining me on this episode. I had fun as always. Uh, please remember to like the video, comment, let us know what you think about these. Tell us what your favorite metric is. Uh, you know, subscribe to the channel, hit that bell icon to get notifications about whenever we drop new videos on the Modern Commerce channel. And until next time, we'll see ya.